The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect that of the staff and management of Good Karma Brands, but are the sole responsibility of the hosts and guests of this particular show. America may have many, many days, but they will be full of trouble. There will be no rest. There will be no tranquility in this country. Until a nation comes to time without problem. Bringing you social and political commentary from his mouth to your ears. Breaking down the issues which matter to you. You are not put here to be a white man's footstool. You are put here to represent the very best in God's world. Legendary civil rights icon, the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the studio. Reverend Jackson, how are you? Mr. Reverend, good morning on this chilly Milwaukee morning. And I am pleased to have one of the founding members of the Black Panther Party, Chairman Bobby Seale. Mr. Chairman, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. From Mr. Eric Holder. Mr. Holder, so good to see you. How are you? Well, I'm fine, man. How you been? It's been a long time. I haven't seen you for a while. The Dr. Cornell West. Dr. West, how are you, sir? My dear brother, you're so kind. You're so generous. So, man, but I salute you and the work that you were doing there. Doing a magnificent job there, Wisconsin. Stream live on 1017thetruth.com. Call in with your questions or comments. 833-212-1017. Join us on social media at 1017thetruth. It may not be what you expect to hear, but I will definitely give you what you need to know. Are you ready for the truth? I want the truth you can't handle the truth now live from the american family insurance studio at the avenue in the heart of downtown milwaukee here is sherwin hughes good morning welcome to the program thursday march 2nd 2023 what if i told you that Republicans are actually the ones that are soft on crime. It's not Democrats. It's them. And what if I told you that conservative media has perfected propaganda? What if I told you that their methodology and the science that they use can make people believe lies? They can make people believe anything if you say it enough times. And if the people who are saying it are deemed credible or famous or powerful or influential or rich, they can tell you, me, us, the American people, anything, including that Democrats are the ones who are soft on crime. Because that is widely held. In fact, there are Democrats that try and change that image and that perception that, no, no, Democrats are actually very tough on crime. And so when you have this competition, because really it's the Republicans that are soft on crime. I'm going to get into some details of it. I just want to show you all how propaganda influences the American people. And it also influences our political behavior. See, all you have to do is plant a seed in a voter's mind. Even if the specific issue or the specific seed does not impact that voter, if you plant the seed in the voter's mind, it will influence their political behavior. So here's the difference between voters and non-voters, and we have this debate fairly often. In fact, we have it probably every day because there are people that call this program and probably others 
they pride themselves on not voting. It's just they're proud of it or, you know, they have their reasons for, okay, which is fine. But the non-voter is always going to be led by the voter. And the voter is much more sensitive to issues, even if those issues don't affect that voter. Voters are much more sensitive to, let's say, development or property values or education or funding of all types or budgets or how schools and school systems and school districts are run. Voters are much more sensitive to all of the things in a society because voters believe that they have an actual ability to change and influence things. They can take how they feel about anything, and it could be crime, and they can vote for someone or against someone else. They can vote for a political party or they can vote against someone. So voters will take in all of these issues and then let those issues or what they hear about those issues, the propaganda and the information they receive about those issues, guide their political decision making. Voters feel like they have the ability to change things that they see. And that is what's addicting about the process, because you may identify something in your city that you don't like. Could be a crime problem, could be drug overdoses. Voters can then decide, well, we want more treatment programs for people. Or voters can decide, we want to send a whole bunch of people to jail for even petty crimes. Voters take very personally what is happening in their direct surroundings, especially when it comes to their children, and they use the political process to impact change. Where non-voters don't use that same opportunity. Where a non-voter just may throw their hands up and say, oh, well, I guess that's just how it's going to be. Or they'll say some blanket statement like, oh, we can't trust any of these politicians no matter what we do. We sometimes want non-voters to think that way so we can make decisions on behalf of the non-voter. Because some of those folks, if they voted, if non-voters became voters, they would get in our way as voters because we have a strategy, we have a plan, we have a political party, we have candidates that we want to support. When you get a whole bunch of non-voters or people that are politically ignorant, and guess who I'm talking about? Trump supporters. They should have stayed on the sidelines. But they got activated because of Trump's rhetoric, what he was saying about the immigrants, because he hated Hillary Clinton. Let's be clear. He hated Hillary Clinton. The reason why a lot of y'all hate Hillary Clinton, because she's a woman. Give a man Hillary Clinton's resume and we would make him king of the world. We would. He would be vaunted. This country hated Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. That's it. Nothing else. Voters can take their sentiments and turn them into political action. Young people haven't quite figured that out. That is why voter turnout between 18 and 29 year olds. I think it's going up, but it's still way too low considering they can start creating the cities, the states, the towns and the country that they want to grow old in. You don't create the country you want to grow old in when you're old. You've expired. Once you get past a certain age, your influence the ability to have huge influence kind of wanes a little bit. When you're out there moving and shaking and acquiring things and building and adding on and learning and going to school and doing all these things, that is the time in which you can band together with other people and have a tremendous impact and a tremendous amount of influence. There's very few just middle-class 80-year-old people that have global impact on things. 
But there's a whole generation of 18 to 29 year olds that can totally change the world. They can, through the power of the ballot box, create the world that they're going to rest and relax in in their sunset years. Problem is, most young people don't know that until they get old. Youth is wasted on the young. Truest thing I've ever said. Truest thing I've ever heard. Voters can take whatever it is that they're angry about and they can turn it into a political issue. Republicans, I believe, are angry about crime. Well, Democrats are, too. And so what the Republican talking heads will do and how conservative media has just perfected propaganda, they can tell you that it's Democrats. It's Democrat-led cities. It's where all the crime comes from. It's the Democrats. Democrats, when they run cities, they ruin the cities, don't they? That's where all the crime and that's where all the murder is. But what they're not telling you is that in a lot of Democrat-run cities and metro areas, the states are controlled by the Republicans. So if you know that your Republican-controlled state, Republican legislature, Republican governor, and that's a lot of states in this country, if you, with Republican control of your state, can impact the budgets of the cities that need more money for crime prevention. They need more money for job training. They need more money for education and you withhold it. You know, the crime in those Democrat run cities is going to go up. And so you as a Republican controlling the state can say, look at that Democrat run city, but the Republicans are not telling you the truth and they have conservative media backing them on this. It's the Democrats fault when really it's the Republicans that are soft on crime if you control a state and one of the cities in your state is crime ridden and you have the ultimate authority and control on how much money that city gets for literally everything and you intentionally withhold it that's you being soft on crime and blaming somebody else that's like having really bad kids and not blaming the parents at all Kids that are disrespectful and mouthy and unruly. They don't follow directions. They talk back and just say, well, it's just the kids. That's the The parents have nothing to do with it. If you have a blue Democrat city in a Republican state and the Republicans have the ability to control every resource going into that blue city and they are intentionally for political reasons and political gain withholding what that blue city needs to fight crime. It's the Republican that's responsible, just like the family that has unruly kids, but they're not giving the kids what they need. Guidance, direction, leadership and discipline and then just blaming the kids because the kids are under resourced. That's exactly what the Republicans do. And it works because they have media that also pushes out that same narrative because people don't really dig deep. They don't. They say, oh, Chicago, crime, murder, a bunch of Democrats are elected in Chicago. It must be the Democrats' problem. Oh, Milwaukee, a bunch of Democrats elected. It's, it's actually a trope for black people because once you have a lot of black people in control, a lot of black people in power, then it's easier to say that black people are weak on crime or we don't know what we're doing when we get in elected office. Because if the black people who are elected all throughout Milwaukee County are not getting the resources from the white people that are elected in Madison, of course, it's going to look like Milwaukee is failing. Of course, it's going to look like crime is going to go up. And that is going to influence and guide people's voting behavior. People will divorce themselves from Democrats because they have been told time and time again. And you, you see the news. You see the crime and 
reckless driving and the car thefts and all the homicides in the city of Milwaukee. But people are not at all connecting that to resources being held from us in Madison. That's why we're having these conversations about shared revenue. Y'all, I was the only one talking about shared revenue. I've been talking about it for a decade. And now people are just starting to connect the dots that it's Robin Voss and his cronies in Madison that are keeping and maintaining the systems of crime in this city because Milwaukee and the black leadership is telling you what we need. And the Republicans said, oh, okay, we're going to take notes on what you, okay, you need more money for this. You want more, uh, you want a sales tax increase so you can use the money for these different kinds of programs. I know people on black talk radio, they want more programs for the youth. Okay. Republicans are taking very good notes. Like, okay. You guys need this. Okay. You want sales tax. You want more shared revenue. Got it. Got it. Got it. And then the Republicans are, they have the whole list of everything the big blue crime ridden cities need. You know what the Republicans do after that? After they have that list, because they take very good notes on us, they say, okay, we have everything that you need. We hear you loud and clear. We hear you, Cavalier Johnson. We hear you, David Crowley. We hear all of the African American uh, and white folks, even that represent the parts of the city of Milwaukee here you know, in the state legislature and the state saying, okay, we hear you. We have the notes. And this is and what the Republicans say. Once they have all the notes from all the different legislators and all the black elected officials in the blue crime ridden city, the Republicans simply say this, we're giving you none of this. Suffer language. We want crime to go up in your city because you elect Democrats and we can use our media platforms. Now let's be clear, are willing to lie to people. Conservative media will lie to you. But you believe it anyway. The Democrats gave us the list of all the things they need to make a safe city, to make a prosperous city, have more travel, to have more tourism. The Republicans say you're getting none of it because you don't vote for us. So we're going to withhold the money. And so when crime goes up and it will invariably in your city, we're just going to blame your Democratic leadership. Ladies and gentlemen, that is American politics. And that's is what we're going to talk about today because it's the Republicans that are soft on crime. Oh, I got the data. Oh, Sherwin, did you get the data? I got the data. Sherwin, did you get it? I got it. Murder is higher in Republican-led states. Red states have more murder than the blue ones. Republicans are the ones that are soft on crime, but they have us believing it's the Democrats. Oh, it's such a beautiful system, and it would be perfect if it wasn't so crooked and sinister. So we're going to talk about that. And oh, on another note, I'll figure something out. So you know the gays? Well, I'm, of course you do. The gays and the trans and the queers and the people, the, all the people that make up the rainbow of the people, the LGBTQ plus IA community. Here's what I think. They were sent here by God to test you Christians and all of you Christians that have your sentiments on the LGBTQ plus IA community. You're all going to hell. Wouldn't that just be the craziest trick that God could play on? God was like, I'm going to make, these are all my children. All of them are even the ones that have blue hair, even the men that wear dresses, even the ones that change their pronouns. God said, I'm just, I'm going to see, I'm going to test my Christians. I'm going to test their faith. You got laws now in Republican states where they're trying to outlaw drag shows. It's just the craziest thing ever, I swear. What if God was like, no, no, I'm going to see. I'm going to test them. I'm going to see. I'm going to make many gays and many pronouns. I'm going to make 
God is like, I'm going to do some of these and then I'm going to do some of these people, which nobody even knows what the hell these people are. But I'm going to throw some of them down there and I am going to watch how people that use my name and worship me and celebrate me. I want to see how they treat some of my children. And then God is going to watch you. And then when you die and you think you're going to heaven, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I've been a faithful Christian. I mean, I hate the gays, but I've been a faithful Christian. I love the Bible. And then you on a weird elevator. You notice, why is this elevator going down? And why is the temperature going up so rapidly in this elevator? I'm not. This is unusual. Oh, well, let me just go along for the ride. And then you get off the elevator and it's fire and brimstone. So I'm done with that topic. And talk about Republican states having more murder. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM. I'll be right back. It's The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Christian. I mean, doesn't it make sense though? God creates the children, and then some of his children, especially those that claim to be more loyal to him, hate large segments of the children. God could have created the black people just to test white folks. And God's gonna be like, okay, we're gonna see. We're gonna see who the faithful are. God created the immigrants, the people who want to come to this country, and then watch how his disciples treat people that were like him. I'm not trying to get religious today. I just want people to see the hypocrisy that I see when you're able to look at both sides. Like, how do you claim to love all of his children, but hate like 80% of them? That's the part that's confusing me. And I'm not over here trying to figure it out, but I just know You know, my experiences and experiences that I've seen that some of the most dastardly people justify their actions and their behaviors because they have a personal relationship with God, which they give themselves a pseudo righteousness, which allows them to be rude, mean, disrespectful, terrible, immoral. But because they pray and they read the Bible and they have found a Bible verse or a passage that kind of can almost be related to their lives. It's almost like they have this shield of armor in which they can continue to sin. And then when they get caught, they say, well, we're all sinners. Y'all got to chill. I'd rather somebody just be a good person. Just just know right from wrong. Be respectful of all people. You don't have to understand why people do what we do. It's white folks that don't understand nothing about us, but they're just like, okay, I support the black folks. Their lives matter. Whatever they need, I'll help wherever I can assist because I'm a good person. And why does it take a nebulous concept and a book? I mean, it's this. can we be honest? It's a lot of fables, right? But why does it take that? 
for someone to say, oh, this is how I'm going to guide my life. Why don't you just guide your life by basic principles of human decency? That's it. Love, support, respect, having empathy for other people, regardless of what they are. And it's not for you to try and understand them. We got to stop trying to understand every damn thing. Oh, I don't understand why people do that. I've come to terms with the fact that I don't understand a whole bunch of stuff. And guess what? I am okay with it. Now, the things that I do understand, okay, good. But it's a whole bunch of other stuff, including other people, I'll never be able to understand. And I actually, I can live with not knowing certain things. So what we do oftentimes as we'll take our lack of understanding of someone and it'll turn into hate because it's really our cognitive dissonance about not understanding. Cause I think we all want to believe we're very smart people. And it's kind of embarrassing to admit that we don't understand something or we don't get it or it doesn't make any sense to us. So what we do is we banish it. We hate the things that we don't understand. It's like being afraid of the dark. You're afraid of the dark cause you don't know what's in there. So just be afraid and avoid it at all costs. All right, what do I got here? Let me see. I got a bunch of stuff for y'all. All right, what's this here? The murder rate in Trump voting states from 2020 have exceeded those in Biden voting states every year since the year 2000. Republicans have built their party on being the crime fighting candidates, even as murder rates in red states have outpaced blue states by an average of 23% over the past 20 years. So the Republicans are soft on crime, but they're able to use propaganda and their media machine to lie to people, to have y'all thinking it's the Democrats that are soft on crime. A lot of metropolitan areas, got to keep in mind, cities are oftentimes blue and vote Democratic because there's more money, there's more education. Cities are more progressive and cities are more cosmopolitan. It's the rural areas. No education. Hell, they don't even have internet. Because they're so detached from the forward-thinking, forward-looking, blue, highly educated, and very, very wealthy cities, they vote on tradition. There are some rural counties, quite honestly, in every state that still think they're living in the 1950s because they are so detached from advancements in everything. And so they see these big cities and they see the kaleidoscope of diversity and all the minorities that go to the cities and they see these melting pots and that scares the hell out of them because their communities have been white since Europeans settled them in the damn 1800s. And so they vote based upon their fear that their rural communities may change. But that's also a very uniquely American thing. People were against civil rights legislation because they didn't know what it would mean for them. So what do you mean I got to ride on a bus sitting next to a black person? What do you mean these black kids can go to school with my white kids? What do you mean we have to let them vote and and predict and pick their political leaders? What What does that mean for me? That is, And I think we had this discussion, I don't know if it was earlier this week or last week, like, don't force. Uh, Al said this. I think he said it yesterday. Not Al. Al from Sherman Park said this. He's like, well, don't force stuff on people. Don't. And Al is out of the closet. Gay, a gay man said, well, don't force all this gay stuff on people. Let them just come around naturally. Okay. So what if we just waited for white folks to come around naturally to respecting black folks? Do you think they ever would have come around? You got to force people to come around. You got to make children eat that broccoli. They ain't going to like it. They're going to resist it. But sometimes they just don't know. The ignorant just don't know. 
You have to have a government that is led by righteousness where, no, we're going to integrate this society because we can't function as a country if we don't integrate, even if people resist it. You know, it's crazy. Black folks resist it, too. When you keep black people sheltered and segregated, we even wax nostalgic about a time before integration where we had everything we needed and we had black schools and we had black teachers. Now you couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't leave your city. You couldn't go live somewhere. You couldn't be where the resources were greatest, but boy, oh boy, we were happy. We had everything in our black community, but if you step foot out of it, they would kill you. So I think we just learned to be content with less. And I say to black folks, dare to dream. Dare to go where the resources are better. Dare to go where the parks are nicer. Dare to go where the streets are cleaner. Dare to go where the houses are bigger and the and the equity that you have in those properties go up faster. Dare to dream. We know that divided societies don't work. We had a whole war over this, and it seems like Americans have already forgotten. Four reliably red states consistently made the top list. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Missouri. And ladies and gentlemen, you do not get more red than Missouri. Third ways report analyzed homicide data for all 50 states from the year 2000 through the year 2020 using CDC and census data. They use the 2020 presidential election results to characterize red states from the blue states. The findings build on a previous report that only analyzed murder rates from 2019 through 2020. This time, they wanted to see if one-year red state murder epidemic was just an anomaly. In October of 2022, just before the 2022 midterm elections, a record high of 56% of Americans said there was more crime where they lived per Gallup. That included 73% of Republicans and a whopping 51% of independents. Both parties rushed to spend tens of millions of dollars on crime ads in a single month. The political implications don't always match the reality. Crime has historically been a very potent political issue. It's also very anecdote driven, said Jim Kessler, an executive with Third Way. Murder isn't the only crime committed or discussed, but Third Way hopes to combat the, quote, media and political narrative that crime is a democratic problem occurring only in big blue cities and fueled by lax policies. They write Democratic messaging on the issue in the 2024 cycle and whether there are renewed divisions between Democratic Party leaders and members of Congress, particularly after party infighting blame progressives defund the police slogan for down ballot losses in 2020. President Joe Robinette Biden reiterated his views when he told a group of bipartisan mayors gathering in Washington that handling public safety shouldn't involve defunding police departments. So I don't want to rehash the whole defunding police department. It's not fire all the cops so there aren't any. There are dollars that can be spent on other programs and preventative measures where you don't need as many police because here's the logic that all of us seem to forget. The safest places have fewer cops because they don't need them. So how does having more police create more safety? It's an illusion. Having more cops. Let me tell you what it does. I mean, it does a lot of things. Maybe you can get to crime scenes faster. Maybe you can have a better response rate. Maybe. Maybe you can get more arrests. Maybe. 
Maybe you can get more people pulled over. Definitely. Doesn't mean that they're guilty. Doesn't mean they're going to jail. Maybe you can raise more revenue from tickets and citations. Maybe. But you know what it really does when you hire more cops? You strengthen their union. You give them more political power where they begin to look out for their own interests, even if, wait for it, even if their interests go against public sentiment. They, law enforcement, are a special interest group. Let me tell you something. Can I tell you something today? Oh, you want to talk today? Let's talk then. Carrie, what are you doing? I'll talk to you too. I'll be with you in a minute. I'll be with you in a second, Carrie. I'm talking What do you need from me? Nothing. I just want to yell. And you're easy to yell at. Thank you for being easy to yell at. Do you know why marijuana has remained illegal for so long in so many states? Because law enforcement lobbied to make sure that marijuana stayed illegal. Why? Because if they can illustrate that there's a quote-unquote drug problem including marijuana because remember it's still schedule one if they can illustrate like wow we arrested a whole bunch of people for drugs hey federal government we need more money for our police departments because a bunch of people are doing drugs and the dea wrote the grants and some police departments got so much money they said why don't we buy tanks yeah why don't we buy military vehicles so that when people protest the murder of a black man buy one of us we can go out there with tanks they lobbied to keep do you know how much money we wasted of your money because y'all complain we need money for this we need money for that gotta pave the roads gotta plow the snow we need money we wasted your money incarcerating people for smoking marijuana because law enforcement saw it as a way to get more money from the federal government for a war on drugs which failed we lost that war too we lose a bunch of wars we lost vietnam what else we lose Losing wars, lost the war on drugs. The war on drugs is simply a war on people. Marijuana is a perfect drug to have illegal because you can smell it. When you smell it, you got probable cause. When you got probable cause, you can search them. And if somebody resists your search, if they're resisting arrest, well, in some cases, you can just kill them. See how that works? All right, now I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk some more. You're listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 1017 FM. I'll be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Par for the course, whenever the Democrats say, no, 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 it's the Republicans that actually are soft on crime. No, no, no. It's the Republican states and the red states that actually have higher murder rates. And guess what? A lot of red states in this country still have the death penalty. The death penalty isn't even a deterrent to crime, to murder. Because I use murder because that's the worst crime. And there's other crimes, like somebody stealing your lunch. Like, that's awful, especially if you're really hungry. But murder, most people would agree, is the worst crime. What the death penalty does now more than ever, now that we're clear eyed about what the criminal justice system is in this country, it's an extension of slavery. It still reeks of the vestiges of people being in bondage. Right now, I'm not saying people shouldn't go to jail, but just know, just like the police have their roots in slave patrols, the criminal justice system has its roots in keeping people in bondage and taking away their freedom. That's just. 
got to come to terms with that. So now that we're clear eyed about the criminal justice system and we're much more thoughtful about it and we use data and we use fact and we analyze, well, what happens when you incarcerate a lot of people? Does crime actually go down? Nah, in some respects, it probably gets a little bit worse. Because when you give somebody a criminal record, it makes them more difficult to employ. Not impossible to employ, but certainly more difficult to do so. So you incarcerate the folks, and for a period of time, that individual is not committing a crime, but the root causes of crime and criminal behavior, which are largely economic in a lot of cases, still exist. So now that we're very clear-eyed about the criminal justice system, having the death penalty allows you to kill people that are poor, that cannot afford a very expensive legal defense. Now, I'm not going to, you know, make y'all, you know, think certain things. I'm going to let you do your own research. I want you to find, if you don't believe me, you don't have to believe a damn word I say. Look it up. Look at the racial disparities of people on death row. So maintaining the death penalty allows you to kill people who are and always have been disproportionately negatively impacted by the criminal justice system. It is state-sanctioned murder. Do you know that innocent people get killed? Do you know that? I mean, on the streets, yes, of course but also under the auspices of the death penalty. George, I got to get his last name right. George Stinius. Am I saying it right? 14-year-old kid that he was the last one seen near two white girls. He was, he was slight. He was 14 years old. He was 5'1" maybe 90 pounds and they accused him of murdering two white girls that were literally his size. He subdued both of them and was able to murder them. And he was the youngest person executed on death row as a child. He was arrested and tried in the same day and executed that evening. That is why you maintain the death penalty. Because it used to be a very speedy way. Because like when laws were starting to change, the South couldn't just kill black people. You had to frame us for something. And because we could not get a legal defense and we could not testify on juries, if you wanted to kill black people because you're afraid that black people will become successful. And if we get power, especially political power or financial power, that's why they burn down our banks. That's why there's so little like black financial institutions, because we may get the kind of power that they have. Because remember, they got their power from economically exploiting us. And so they think that their formula for how you economically exploit a race exists. Well, it it is because they left the formula for the public to see. That's why they have to maintain power, because they're afraid that we're going to follow in their footsteps and we're going to do to them what they did to us. Let me just rest assured, white people, we really don't want to do that stuff to you. It's too much work. You know, if you oppress people, you got to always like worry. You got to sleep with one eye open. You got to make sure that they're not outsmarting you. It's too, it's really a lot of work. I'm going to tell you what, you want to call black folks lazy? Okay, I'll admit it. We're lazy. We're lazy because we don't want to do all of the work that it would take to oppress white people. It would totally be a full-time job. Like if I wanted to oppress white people, I'd have to quit the radio. I would have to dedicate my mornings 
to figuring out how to outsmart white people and don't let them get an advantage and keep them out of certain schools and preventing them from living in certain neighborhoods. And I got to look at their culture, analyze their culture and criminalize their culture. I got to make it more difficult for them to vote. I got to close lo- voting locations in their neighborhoods. And I got to tell them, oh, we're saving money because it costs too much money to have these polling locations open in the white neighborhood. It's too much to think about. So in that regard, yes, you're right. Black people are lazy because it would take too much work for us to oppress y'all. We just want to have nice stuff. So you can have nice stuff by earning it, working really hard for it, using the tools and tricks that exist in a society and applying yourself, getting a little bit of education. And you can have nice stuff that way. Or you can have nice stuff by taking it from somebody else. We don't want to take anything that the white people have. We just want to earn and keep our own stuff. It's very simple. So the fear that has just been pervasive and it's permeated American society that you can't let the blacks do stuff. You can't let them go to these schools. You can't let them be free. You can't let them walk down the street with some candy and a can of Arizona iced tea. You got to kill them. Because they might grow up to be successful and they might vote and they might have power and they might just maybe do to us what we have done to them. Can y'all just chill out, please, and just leave us alone? We don't want to do that to y'all because it's way too much work. Do you know how much more Googling I would have to do if I wanted to oppress white people? I'd be on a computer all the time. I'd have to take notes. I'd have to. Oh, I'd be such a drag. I wouldn't be able to enjoy my summers. Oh, sure, when it's nice out today. You want to go on the boat and have a party on the lake? No, I got to Google how to hurt the whites. Oh, drats. Let's talk to Bob. You're on the new one one seven. The truth. Hello, Sherwin. Uh, boy, that was a good point you just made. But uh, before I get to your, uh, uh, your, your point is, uh, did you want that to happen Monday, that musical thing this Monday or, what the, Bob, what musical thing? No, no, I, I, I'm going to get to your point. I just, did you say that mu- musical thing? I don't want to not show up now, you know. Did you want that to happen this Monday or the next Monday? Or, or you don't know when it's going to happen. Okay, is that is that what you're saying? Because you're not answering. Bob, okay, we'll get to Bob your let me talk, man. I want to know okay, well, what, look here, man. I want you to tell me what you think this musical thing is. What What do you think is going to happen? What is it? Well, I've been to your studio, and uh, I know how it should go based on you. we having a C-plus for your calls. Now, I think I shouldn't tell you over the radio. I think I should tell your supervisor uh, his name, Kyle. Yeah. And then Kyle tells you what I think. And it don't make no difference what you tell me to do. Cause I'm a, I only got four notes and I can make two notes sound like four notes. And you know, I, I you know, whatever. Bob, if you think for but, a second for a New York minute that you going to go over my yeah. head and tell the content director of this radio station what you want to do, and I'm going to be powerless to stop it. You got another thing coming. So you, we well, had Miss Rose on yesterday, and she sang some god-awful mess, and we joked. And a guy named Gerardo, he plays the keyboard, and they joke 
about he wants to come and play the keyboard while you play the sax and Miss Rose sings. Gerardo oh, is nice. You're a very nice guy. But I wouldn't have Miss Rose in this studio for nothing. All me and Miss Rose do is fight like cats and dogs. Y'all are not coming up here and playing music in my studio. That's not, I can't let that happen, oh, okay. Bob. Did you really think that was going to happen? Oh. Did you think I was going to allow that? Well, you said you wanted me. Okay, okay. All right. Well, then let's get to your topic then. You know, Good and then God I just be on the radio Monday. I didn't know. Homie didn't know. But look, I think uh, uh, all of them people like Tucker Carlson, Green, everybody's trying to be, I mean, the Republicans' ridiculousness is trying to be like Trump, too, is like uh, Rush Limbaugh, the best Rush Limbaugh. That's that's what it seems like. He's dead. I know, but, you know. And he died during Black History Month, too. Just FYI. His life life lives through these people because they're getting more ridiculous than he was. Well, he was, I mean, he only took, he took 99% of his calls, 98% of his calls a week on people that liked him by this guy named Bosa. Niggly, who was a black guy, and they only put on the radio. They didn't put nobody like Al or you know Wig, Wiggly, whatever his name is, or you know. But uh, okay, like you do, and uh, then there's three, and you mentioned God. Well, I've been wanting to say this for about three or four months, but I don't know if I have a chance. You know, it's three reasons. Why I know there is a God, and nobody has ever answered the three questions that I got. If they, if they answer them three questions, I'll be a Buddhist. I'll be a you know. I won't believe in uh, what, what what do they call the people? Bob, I got a feeling it's going to take you four days to ask your three questions. So can I take a break and we'll come back to your three questions? Yes, we will. Because oh, you are yes. Bob. Just hang on. You're not going anywhere. The truth was sure when he was to be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Bob, you wanted to say three things or ask three things and also... Gerardo wants There's you to three? Bob, hold on now. Bob uh Gerardo wants you to give him twenty dollars. Since you be giving out twenty dollar bills, he asked you if he can hold twenty dollars. He's yeah, your keyboardist he's your in your band, yeah. by the way. If if he's your friend if he's your friend, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Okay, the three reasons why I mean, three questions that if somebody, no no one has ever answered these three questions. And I'm 70 years old, and that's why I have to, if they answer these three questions, I, I, I'd be a Buddhist. Not just say a, answer them like it say anything. They got to be common sense answers. Well, I'll answer no them, but we got to do so in three minutes. So go ahead. What's your three questions? All right. All right. One question is the rainbow. Now, a person would say, "Oh, it 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 uh, it is 
it, it reflects from the water. I said, no, when I put a glass of water out there, you know, it's, it's clear. What, what do you mean it reflects the water? What's the next question? Okay, I said, the next question is... Bob, you really uh, want to know what makes a damn rainbow? That light can be subdivided into all the colors of the spectrum? Like shining a light through a glass of water is not the same of having a thin layer of water mist and having direct sun rays or light shine through it. That's it's different. It's it's different. Okay, that's not a legitimate answer, sir. That's uh, the that real answer. answer. If you don't like the answer, Bob, it doesn't make it not true. It just makes you a non-believer. It doesn't mean I don't like the answer. It means that it got to make sense. The second question Bob, a whole bunch of stuff ain't going to make sense to you, but what's the second question? Uh, you know, how does your heart beat? And the guy, I mean, I asked him that, and he says, oh, oh, you eat. I said, well, I see people dying. Electrochemical signals. The, The heart is actually, it's an electric pump. The human body actually has electric circuitry in it. Your heart beats. That's why it responds to a defibrillator. It's an electric circuit. That's what makes your heart beat. Next question. Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't make sense. I don't care if it makes, Bob. Can you snap? Can you snap your fingers? Can you snap your fingers and make your heart beat and then make your heart stop? No. Okay. The next third. What the question. hell does that got to do with how the heart beats, man? It's electric. It's an electrochemical signal. How, so are your thoughts. You know when you think stuff and you close your eyes and you think and you envision something. That's also an electrochemical signal that creates an image in your mind. It's electric. Like Sterling, the song. It's you have electric. To have a common sense answer. Bob, common sense answers and something that you understand are different. Because I'm telling you how the heart beats. No, no, it's not. I mean, you know, because your your heart, see, what you said, your heart, you know, snap your fingers right now and make your heart stop. Can't do that. Oh, man, and then make your heart stop. stop Bob, you know that there are systems that that operate that that have nothing to do with, like, our consciousness? Like, you— how would human beings wouldn't survive if third we could tell question, our hearts to stop? Third question. Third question is if you you know, it makes some sense. That's all I'm saying. You gotta make common sense to me to to you know. The third question is, how did we get here? Uh uh we evolved from apes. I, I ain't seen no ape. Uh, I haven't seen a us come from a pig or an ape or any how do we Bob, if that's how we evolved, you wouldn't see that. That's a million years ago. You you old, but you ain't that old now. You would not have seen the evolution of a human being. I'm going to tell you where the hell you came from. You came Nobody from your mama and your daddy listening to music at a juke joint. Nobody's seen it. Nobody. You know? Bob, there's this thing called a fossil record that actually shows human evolution from... To, help, oh, to homo please. sapiens. Like, there's fossils. Like, they actually found bones of dead people Nobody from a long time ago. Oh. So you see, you have not legitimately answered the three questions, sir. And then you have a nice morning, and I'll be listening. And, uh, you know, and uh, the la- uh, you know, that's about it, because you haven't answered them adequately to me. Uh, and, uh, let me see. I I got this written down. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh you oh, talked God. about gays yesterday. Oh, that's all right. That's it. That's it. I, I'll talk to you. I, I had three months to get to them three questions. That I mean, I, I was waiting to get them three questions in, and that, that was a long time. Okay. So it's, it's just I, I I can get to because okay, you bye. have a nice morning. You too. Okay. And bye. I will talk to you later. All right. <laughs>
three months for that. <sighs> the truth was sure when he was to be back for hour two.